You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Revealing the Father. Enjoy. We're a little different here. We realize that Jesus never came to establish a religion. He actually came to bring us into a relationship with God as our Father. And man, there is nothing sweeter than going to bed at night knowing God has you covered. And God's already gone into the next day and he's already working things out for you. There's nothing better than that. So we want you to know that you're loved and Jesus is for you. God is for you. He'll never hurt you. He'll never fail you. And this is for every age. Isn't that great? Is Veronica in the house? Veronica, are you here? Where's my little friend? No, I don't see her. Okay. But no matter what age you are, this is from zero to, to uh, 225, whatever, whatever age you're at. This is for everybody. So we're, we're in a kind of, we're having a blast. We're just, this is just a fun place. If you want to you get in on the greatest adventure, on the greatest blessing of life, just, just come along with us. We're enjoying Jesus every week. And when we have a blast on Sundays, we come here, we're strengthened by the Holy Spirit as we worship Him, we eat the Word of God, and we leave here stronger than when we came in. And it's so good. And then during the week, we get together in homes, we have Bible studies and worship, and and we just build each other up in the Word of God. And every week, we're getting stronger. Man, I'm stronger than I was last Sunday. I'm stronger than I was yesterday, because God takes us into new levels of strength. If we'll just lean on him, if we'll just let him be your strength, don't try and be stronger. Let him be your strength. All right. It's good to see you. So welcome. If you're here, receive all that the Lord has for you. And now this is a little different. And I know that we're talking about healing and supernatural things, but I want you to know God is supernatural. Amen. And we're going to talk about some supernatural stuff today because our father's supernatural. So don't be freaked out. Realize we're talking about the one who created heaven and earth. He's never made a mistake. We have, all of us have, right? We were made in his image, but we fell from that, right? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to pick us back up and set us in our rightful place as God's sons and daughters. Let's put Philippians 3.10 up there on the screen. What we're going to talk about this week, and I don't think we're going to finish it this week. I want to get Jennifer up here too with me. But we're talking about revealing the Father. Revealing the Father. We've been having some some great times at get-togethers and here on Sunday mornings. Um, And we're we're talking about revealing the Father. And we're going to get into uh, the Word and see what the Word has to say about spiritual gifts. Okay? It's something that's very misunderstood, a lot of controversy around it, but that's the enemy's plan. He wants to, to uh, make you afraid of the things God's provided for you or cause controversy around them so that you'll stay away from them. But we're not going to listen to Satan anymore. We're not going to listen to dark thoughts anymore. We're going to take Jesus at his word. So at Highway Church, we're moving forward together in Christ. We're moving forward together. We're experiencing more of Jesus every day. We're in this together. And church is not a religious organization. This is not a religious organization. This is not a corporation. It's a family. 
God didn't create a corporation when he birthed the church and the earth. He created a family, sons and daughters. Wherever you are, that's where church is. So we're changing the way we think because God's better than, than, than what you think. So we change the way we think, right? We're a family. We come as a family gathering. We gather publicly as a family and we gather in homes as a family. And this is our focus. If you want the Father to, if you want the Father to be revealed to you, He's already revealed Himself, but we have to get our focus on what He's already done. And there's a very simple way to do that. It's by making the decision that Paul made. In Philippians 3.10, this is the Amplified uh, translation, he says, for my determined purpose is that I may know Him. Talking about Jesus. Not about him. Knowing about him is not going to help you. You need to have a personal, intimate, I'm tasting you everyday relationship with Jesus. That I may know him. What does that mean? That I may progressively, that means it's ever increasing, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That's our purpose. That's the meaning of life right there. To progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Jesus. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly, more clearly. That I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Did you know there's power right now overflowing, outflowing from his resurrection in this room? Right now, the resurrection power of Christ is flowing through this room. That might sound crazy to you, but it's true anyway. Do you know if you have issues in your life that you've been struggling with, becoming more intimate with Jesus will change them. You just need to know more about how much he loves you. You just need to get closer to him, to taste him or to realize what he's already accomplished for you and begin to let that resurrection power flow through you. Revealing the Father. Do you know when there's electricity in the room, whether there's lights on or not? It's true. We can, we can shut the breakers off. But the electricity's still in the room. It's in the air. We figure out a way to harness it, right, and make it flow through cables and wires and breakers and switches. But it's everywhere. It's in the earth. So is the resurrection life of Christ. Just like electricity flowing through the air, the healing power of Christ is flowing through this room. Facebook, I hope you're awake because it flows right through the internet too. There's no place it doesn't flow. There's no place the love of God doesn't reach. There's no place where his healing power isn't available. You don't have to have someone special pray for you. Just take Jesus at his word. So what did Jesus come to do? We might all have different answers, but if you study the scriptures, you'll find that Jesus' whole focus in coming was to reveal God to us. That the Father's nature would be clearly seen. That the, who the Father is would be, would be undebatable. 
how much he loves us would be completely clear. He came to reveal the Father. And if you look at the Bible and study it uh, appropriately, you'll see this is the, the focus of the Bible, to reveal the Father to mankind. Jesus is all through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation. The main point of Jesus is that to reveal the Father. Everything else is a sub-point. That's why our focus is to know him more. If you want to simplify your life, forget every other plan and dream and make this the focus of your life, knowing him more. Yes, yes. But I've got, you know, I've got things I want to do. I've got um, projects at work. I've got uh, things. Put that all aside and say, Jesus, the reason I'm going to live from this day forward is to experience you more. Everything else is secondary. You, knowing you, is now my passion. This has nothing to do with being a minister. This is what you were made for. This is why so many people are depressed and discouraged. They haven't made this the primary passion of their lives. You can't operate in joy like you were made to operate if your passion isn't knowing him. Things will overcome you if this is not the driving passion of your life. And only you can decide that. And don't fool yourself. Coming to church doesn't give you this passion. This is the decision you have to make at the very core of you. And say, no matter what, Jesus, I'm all yours. I'm running after you. I refuse to know any less of you than what I know now. From this day forward, I will know more of you each day. I will experience more of your love, more of your wisdom, more of your power, more of your life, more of your strength, more of your joy, more of your provision than I ever have before. Today and tomorrow, it'll be more. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 24. Revealing the Father. This is the focus of Jesus. This is the focus of the Bible. And if you don't understand that, you're going to misunderstand the Bible. Jesus rose from the dead. And a couple disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus begins to ask them questions because they're really discouraged. And they don't recognize him. As far as they know, he's in the grave. And then it says in verse 27 of Luke, he begin, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is all through the Bible. You have to remember that when you you should see Jesus on every page of your Bible. If you can't, you're missing something. So before you start to read your Bible, say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me as I read your word. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nahum, Habakkuk. What a Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Colossians thank you, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrew, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, where am I? Someone help me out, what's after 1st and 2nd Peter? 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, did I mess it up? 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, John? 
Jude and Revelation. There you. But it's in every book. It's in every book. Every book. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. Jesus revealing the Father. Every book. Since from the beginning of time, of our time, God wants you to know him personally. He doesn't want there to be any question in your mind about how much he loves you and about what he's already done for you. And religion has raised a lot of questions, but God's not in that. God's in the knowledge of, of you, the knowledge of himself being revealed to you through Christ. Look at this, verse 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, verse 2, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son. That's Jesus. Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Look at verse 3. And Jesus, that's what the he is, is the radiance of God the Father's glory and the exact representation of God the Father's nature. Jesus revealed the Father to us. Let me say it this way. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is the doctrine you need to be free. Anything we think we know about God that is contrary to the person of Jesus means we're off. Jesus wants God the Father to be experienced by you now. Forget tomorrow. You need life today. He wants you to taste and experience the love, life, and power of the Father now. John 14, 6. Jesus said it very plainly. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one experiences God but through me. No one can taste his resurrection power but through me. Verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Wow. Philip is not understanding what he's saying. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me? Philip's talking about the Father. Jesus is talking about himself. But when Jesus talks about himself, he's talking about the Father, because if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He came to reveal the Father. John 17, just a few chapters ahead of that in verse 25. Jesus is praying. This really is the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) The one that they call the Lord's Prayer wasn't the Lord's Prayer. He was teaching his disciples how to pray. This is the Lord's Prayer. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. Anybody have a different translation of that? Made you manifest, disclosed, revealed. Same thing. I have made you known to them. 
and will continue to make you known. <laughs> In order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Wow. The very beginning of that same chapter, I like this in verse 3. Now this is eternal life. Before we read that, you guys know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What does that mean? Here it is. This is eternal life, that they may know you. So God gave his one and only son so that we could know him. That we may know you. Remember, that's an intimate word there. Same word that's used in speaking of Joseph knowing his wife Mary that they may know you as a husband knows his wife. See, religion keeps you far from God. Jesus came so you could be close to him. Amen. Nothing between you and God the Father anymore. Amen. Jesus removed every obstacle. God has become your father through simple faith in Christ. This is eternal life that they may know you and the only true God Jesus, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. We're going to see what that work is in just a bit. Next, verse 6. Let's read verse 5 first, though. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Here's the work he came to do, verse 6. I have revealed you. That's what he came to do. Yes. I have revealed your love, your healing power, your nature to the world. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6 in the New King James says, put that out there. I have manifested your name. We don't think about it maybe much in our culture, but if you go back a ways, there are times when names were very significant. And that name was something you wanted to speak over your child. Yes. We named our, ch our children that way. But God's name represents who he is. He said, I've manifested it. So his name is his nature. He said, I've manifested your nature in the earth. I've revealed your very nature to the world. All the miracles that Jesus did, he did because he was showing us the nature of the Father. Religion has come along and says, well, he just did that to prove he was the Messiah. No, he didn't. He did not. That's foolish. He didn't have to prove to anyone he was the Messiah. He came to reveal the Father. All the miracles Jesus did, he did because he was showing to us the nature of the Father. There were crowds of people who were hungry. What did the nature of the Father do? Multiply the little food they had and fed them abundantly. They could eat until they were satisfied. 
Why? Because God wants you to have all the food you need. God wants to provide for you richly all things to enjoy. A mother, there was a, a funeral procession going by and the son was in the casket dead and Jesus walked up to the casket and raised him from the dead. Why? Because the father's nature is for your family to be whole and well. And even death won't stop him if you'll just believe. Too many mothers grieving for their children instead of speaking the word over their children's lives. This is no game. This is the life of Jesus. Lazarus in the grave for four days. The nature of the Father revealed. Lazarus, get out here. I hate death. And I love you. So come out of that grave and fulfill your destiny. It's the nature of the Father. Jesus did everything he did to reveal the nature of the Father. Now see, if you'll listen to some, they'll say, well, those miracles were just for some special time so that Jesus could prove he was the Messiah, but that was just for them. That's not true. The nature of the Father hasn't changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus explains to us how he did this, how he revealed the Father, how he raised the dead. How he healed the sick and made the maimed whole in Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 in the message translation. I love this. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. It's the nature of the Father. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. Because he came to reveal the Father. All right? This is a unique father-son operation. There's only one Messiah, right? But keep reading. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. Keep reading. No one knows the son the way the father does nor the Father the way the Son does. Keep reading. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Why don't you give Jesus some time every day and sit at his feet and let him reveal the Father to you, line by line. It will radically transform the rest of your life. Now we're talking about knowing God as Father, and I understand there's a lot of garbage that's gone on in the world, and a lot of fathers who've done things fathers shouldn't do, and... and you know, so talking about knowing him as a father might be a challenge for you. Nevertheless, fatherlessness, I'm convinced, is the issue in our nation, in our world. Do you know what 100% of the school shooters have in common? Fatherlessness. 
Not one exception to that. There is a father absent from their lives. Isn't that staggering? But you don't hear that come up in the news. We need to, you don't hear anything about fathers. They want to pass more laws. It's not going to fix it. Fatherlessness. I'm convinced to every economic problem, every social issue, the answer is knowing God as Father. He will never hurt you. If your earthly father hurts you, that is not the nature of your heavenly father. That was perversion, that was sin, that was wrong. But God is not that way. I had to change the way I thought about fathers when I came to know him, when I put my faith in Christ. And boy, I'm so glad that he empowered me to do that. I still have to do that. I still have to catch sometimes I have a thought about, wait a minute, that's not my father. My father wouldn't do that to me. He's a good, good father. Revealing the father. Now, this is interesting. Here we are, men, women of all ages, and we go through life, and if you start reading the Bible, maybe you start thinking of life in two realms, the natural and the supernatural, right? And, and you learn, wow, there is a supernatural realm. But you know what? God doesn't think that way. God doesn't have two realms. He only has one, the natural. His natural is our supernatural. He only has one realm. He is who he is no matter where he is. He's always supernatural. Boy, let's get this. You know, I was praying this week. I thought, boy, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to articulate this. And I want to have Jennifer come up here. Boy, you're going to get there. But we're going to take our time. We're changing the way we live. We don't have time to play church. Don't ever go to church again. I'm not kidding. Don't go. We don't go to church anymore. Why? We are the church. Everywhere we go, there's church. When, you, when man was made before sin, he was made in the image of the Father. Why? Because God wanted his image multiplied in the earth. There was no natural or supernatural realm. There weren't two realms. God made man in his image. He was immortal. Man had a beginning. God doesn't. There was no death in the earth. No natural anything. Death is natural. When Adam put his faith in Satan and separated himself from God, he went from being supernatural to natural. And he began thinking naturally instead of supernaturally. Jesus came and revealed the Father to us line by line so that we can go from natural back to supernatural, where we belong. You're not meant to live a natural life, a supernatural life. That's why we get tired because we're living natural. We're trying to do things in our own strength. Or we do things based on fear of what might or might not be instead of faith of what he said. Living by fear and worry and what might happen will wear you out. It'll tire you down. 
it will cause you to have bad dreams. But living by faith in who he is and what he said will cause you to rise above your natural circumstances and walk on the water. People read about walking on water and they think that's crazy. It's who you are. Oh boy, we're getting out there now. No, this is the Bible. Why read the Bible if you're not going to believe it? Why did Jesus walk on the water? Because he didn't have a boat to get into. Duh, right? He told his disciples to go to the other side. He had to get there. He was going to hang around for a while. He was spending time with his father. It was middle of the night. He needed to get over there, and, and all the ticket booths were closed. But that's okay. I'm going to get, I'm, I'll, just, I'll just walk. Do you know if you're out somewhere and where you need to be is on the other side of the water and there is no other way to get there, you can walk on it. Why? Because we're, we're following Christ. He's the passion of our lives. We're not, we're not trying to keep up with the Jones. We're not trying to live the American dream. Our passion is experiencing more of him every day. So that is the compass for our lives and our needle is always set on Jesus. It's always set on knowing the Father, experiencing Him more. So we don't think in terms of what can I or can't do or, or I can't walk on water or I can't do. No, we know the Father and the resurrection of life is flowing through. The resurrection life is flowing through us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. As He is, so are we in this world Amen. right now. The supernatural is where you belong. It's how you're designed. And boy, over time, man fell into the natural and began to see life from the perspective of natural, began to build educational institutions based on the natural, schools of ministry based on the natural, organizations and corporations based on the natural and now we're at the point where saying what I'm saying sounds foreign but it should be native to you we're told that we have to go to man-made institutions to be educated not true sometimes it hinders your education greatly by going to a man-made institution I love education. You know what educare, the Latin word means? Drawing out of your potential. Amen. And no one can draw out your potential more than the Father. Amen. Sit at his feet and let him line by line pull out who you are and bring it to the surface. Jesus! Come on. Come on. Jesus. It's where we belong. Come on, sing that Joe Cocker tune for me. Love lift us up where we belong. I don't know. Yeah. Where the eagles fly on a mountain high. It's time to know the Father. Leave your man-made ways behind. And let the Holy Spirit become the fuel and power of your life. Hallelujah. 
So this changes the way we read the Bible now. Because God's not a book. Right? So when we read the Bible, we have this goal of Jesus in mind, revealing the Father. When you read the Bible, do you think of it as a, a book of law or a book of revealing? A book of do's and don'ts or a book of relationship? See, if you read the Bible to find out what you can and can't do, you're going to miss the life it brings. You're going to totally miss it. We don't read the Bible to, to find out uh, what we can and can't do. We read the Bible to know the Father. It's a difference. It's a big yes. difference. Yes. You can't understand the Bible, no matter how many schools you've been to, until you know the nature of the Father. That's right. That's right. Which is one of the main reasons it's been so misunderstood. Well, you study the history of what man has done in the name of God, burning people at the stake. Right. And they had scriptures for it. Wrong. Darkness. So that book by itself isn't going to help you. You need the author to interpret it to you by his spirit. So the Bible is the word of God. No question about that. You study out yourself. You do that, do that, look at the history of it. It's, a, it's, there's, it's unquestionably divine. And it is infallible. However, <laughs> it was written in the hands of fallible men. How's that work? I don't know how God did it. He did it, though. So you have this perfect message of God coming through imperfect people. You got to know that when you read the Bible. Because you're going to see imperfect personalities in there. Saying things they shouldn't say sometimes. Doing things they shouldn't do. There's some crazy things in the Bible. Some shocking human behavior in the Bible. God's not trying to hide anything. But you have to understand and separate the difference between man's nature and God's nature when you're reading the Bible. So many times people say, well, it says in the Bible, but yeah, it might literally in your King James Bible in English say what you're saying, but you're, not, you're missing the context. You're missing the heart behind it, and therefore you're understanding it. Not only is the Bible written by the hands of fallible men, it's read and interpreted. By fallible people like you and me, right? So there's room for error, isn't there? This is okay to talk about, right? We're not trying to be perfect. I, I've got errors, right? We've all, we've all got him. Only God could deliver a perfect message through imperfect people. Only God could do this. Now I say all that, We'll see how far we get, Jen. Because so. when we're talking about revealing the Father, and we want to get into spiritual gifts, what's the purpose of them? Are they operating in your life? 
the church. What, what should we do when we come together? Because we're going higher. And I refuse to give in to, to, to the norm. I refuse to have, have church as normal. Uh-uh. I'm done with that. I need Jesus and more Jesus every day of my life. And we started this place to provide a physical place where people could come and get more Jesus. That's it. That's our goal. That's it. More Jesus. Okay? That's why we, we've done all the things we've done. That's why uh, the Lord led me through the last 29 years of knowing Him. Came to know the Lord in 89, 10 years later, started full-time ministry as a pastor. Went through the, all the things I went through in the last uh, 48 years of my life to come to this point to provide a place for people to come and have more Jesus, Amen. not more religion. Amen. It's time to be free and fulfill your destiny Amen. through simple faith in Jesus. Amen. It's time. Man's wisdom cannot get you there. It will only confuse you. It'll lead you on a path, and sooner or later you're going to realize, I'm empty. It's not going to work. So the church is a family. We're on this earth to reveal the Father to the world around us, right? Not a religious organization, not a corporation. God wants to reveal himself to you and through you. We'll get back to the Bible in a second. The Holy Spirit's purpose is the same as Jesus, to reveal the Father. Same purpose. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts, to reveal the Father. Very important to understand this. John 16, 13, let's look at that. Revealing the Father. What's the key to understanding the Bible? Knowing the nature of the Father. Where can we go in the Bible to see clearly the nature of the Father? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Jesus in the flesh. He is the nature of the Father. You want to get to go know the nature of your Father? Study Jesus. And you'll know Him. And you'll begin to understand the Scriptures better than you ever have before. Did I say 1613? I want to go a few verses. Let's start in verse 7 first. This is the nature of the Father speaking. He's, he's with his disciples in person, and I often think, man, would that be fun to walk with Jesus, right? But then I, I remind myself, wait a minute, this is better. What we have today is better than actually physically walking with him back then. Why? This is what he said. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. He's physically with his disciples saying, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's that? It's not the hamburger helper, right? It's the helper, the Holy Spirit. The helper will not come to you. <laughs> but if I depart, if I go back to the Father, I'm going to send him here. Let's just stop for a moment. People romanticize the, the, the things that happen in the Bible. Oh, if I could just go back to Daniel's day and, and be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If I could just be with Elijah. 
or if I could just see the fire fall from heaven and the prophets of Baal get, you know, charred or whatever, you know, all the miracles that happen in the Bible. Oh, if I could have just been with Jesus when I saw him speak to, to Lazarus and Lazarus, if I could have just saw that, that's, that's, uh, that's ignorance of what is yours now. You got to know how to cash your check. If you had a check in your pocket for $150,000 and you needed $75,000, you'd be doing well, wouldn't you? But if that thing's in your pocket and you don't know what to do with it, it's not going to help you. But it's in your pocket. But when you realize, wait a minute, you take it out of your pocket. This is a check. It has an account number on it. It has a routing number on it. If I take this to a bank, they will turn this check into cash. And I can use it for whatever I need. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. When I say cash your check, you need to realize what you've already been given. Take it out of your pocket and act on it. Jesus said it would... It would be better to your advantage for me to not physically, physically in a fleshly body, be with you. It would be better if the Holy Spirit were in you. What's better, to have Jesus walking beside you or Jesus living in you? (laughs) Take it every day of the week, right? It's nice to have a power source outside, but it's even better when it's inside. Right? Because the elements, the, out, the exterior things can't get to it because it's internal. Amen. He's in you. And this is what happens in verse 13. Now Jesus was speaking of a future time because he hadn't, he hadn't risen from the dead yet. Right? This has already happened. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, that's the helper, the counselor, the standby, the comforter, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into everything you need to know. You don't have to go anywhere to get it. It's inside of you. Wow. He will guide you into all truth. Wow. Stop searching. Start believing. Stop searching. Start believing. For he shall not speak of himself. Why? The Holy Spirit has the same goal, revealing the Father. Same goal as Jesus. But whatsoever he shall hear, who's talking to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit's hearing something. What's he hearing? The news? Nope. What the Father's saying. Stop listening to the news and listen to the Father. It's amazing what people, how people can quote the latest news stories but don't have any idea of John 16, 13. So the Holy Spirit's listening to the Father and relaying that to you. He shall hear, whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show or unveil, reveal, manifest, disclose, open up to you things to come. Wow. Okay. 
I think I'll spend some time with him. I think being alone with God the Father has just become a real priority of my life. So I'm not going to skip through a week without time spent with him. What would happen if you made time alone? And I, and I appreciate, you know, you, you, you spend, we spend time with God all day, right? Whether we're driving, working, you know, that's what Paul is talking about. We said pray continually. He wasn't talking about being in an isolated room 24 hours. Eh? He's saying just keep your focus on Jesus. Talk to him, hear from him, walk with him all day long. But there is something special about taking time out of your day for no one but Jesus. I am telling you, it saved my life over and over and over again. And you're not too busy for that. If you think you are, you've fooled yourself. This is where life is. This is where who you are blossoms and flourishes. Well, I, I, and, and it could be, it doesn't have to be a set time of the day. Whether it's, I like to do it personally, and it doesn't always happen this way, but the first thing, as soon as I get out of bed, maybe I might stick my head in the sink or shower first to wake myself up, but I like that first thing time. But it doesn't have to be that. It might be in the middle of the day. It might be, I don't But I don't like to come to him when I'm worn out. I mean, it's good, come, but I like to be alert is what I'm trying to say. If, you, if that's all you got, come. This is good. This is so simple. And I never cease to be amazed how this simple practice is not done by so many believers. And they wonder why they're tired and weak. Get alone with him. I'm not, I mean, I'm not having your you know, phone on and texting and, and doing emails. and No, just you and him and your Bible. That's it. And I, I, got, I got a bunch of Bibles on my phone. I'm glad for that. But I like having a physical Bible with me. Why? Well, simply, I can see more at one time. I mean, a little phone, I go, you know. I don't like doing that. I like to see the thing, you know. I mean, look, I'm holding this. I got 1 Chronicles 17, 14, all the way over to 1 Chronicles 21 in one view. That's all. That's why. I still use this. But, man, I like seeing as much real estate as I can at one time. So get your physical Bible and get along with the Father. Cast every care on Him. Every worry, every concern. Worship Him. Lord, thank You. You love me so much. You're caring for me. You've set me free from sin. There's no condemnation for me. I receive Your love from me this morning. I receive it. Holy Spirit, reveal the Father to me. Strengthen me. Bless me. Encourage me. Build me up in Christ. Take me higher. Take me to new levels of glory. Is it wrong to ask those things? That's what He wants you to ask. Spare the false humility. Say, God, bless me. Enlarge me. Strengthen me. Increase me. Multiply me. Move me forward in your plan. Amen. Now I lay me down to sleep. Please. I, who thought of that thing? Really? Talk about not knowing the nature of your father. I don't even know if I can say it. Let's see. Can we do it together? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> if I should die before I wake. 
I want to tell you, that did not come from the Holy Spirit. That is the dumbest prayer I've ever heard. There ain't a stitch of faith in that. There ain't a stitch of Jesus in that prayer. But generations have prayed it nightly. How does that happen? They don't know their father. They don't know their father. What, a, what kind of a concept is that? I'm just kind of here. I'm going to go to bed. I hope I don't die. God, if you can hear me, take me to heaven. Wow, sweet dreams. <laughs> no wonder kids are having nightmares, right? What about this before you go to bed? Thank you, God, you give sleep to your beloved. Thank you for sweet, deep, rejuvenating sleep. Thank you, Lord, when I wake in the morning, I'm going to be full of life and vigor and strength. Thank you, Lord, you've already gone in tomorrow and worked the things out and made the crooked places straight and accomplished the things that concern me. Thank you, you've commanded your angels to guard and protect me and you're a shield all around me that nothing can penetrate. Thank you, Lord, that you are my father, that you love me with a perfect love. I'm going to lay down my head on this pillow and enjoy your amazing presence all night long. That's a prayer. That's a Jesus prayer. Wow. Hallelujah. Well, I guess we have to stop here. We're going to stop here, but I do want to get into spiritual gifts in, in Corinthians 14 and so forth. Next week, and I want Jennifer to, to share some things. So we've gotten this far. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sweet sleep in our lives. Lord, you give sleep to those you love, sweet sleep, and we know you love us. We lay down and we sleep peacefully every night because your love is the bed we lay in. Your love is the pillow underneath our head. Your love are the blankets that cover us and keep us warm. Thank you, Lord. You've got our sleep number. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. And it's Jesus. Thank you. Our mattress is Jesus. He comforts us. He soothes our muscles at night. He massages our, our he comforts and soothes us. He relieves the pressure points. Thank you, Lord. Boy, I hope you're receiving this. This is supernatural. He relieves the pressure on the pressure points. He gives us, he's our masseuse. Thank you for a Holy Spirit massage every night. We're talking about the Holy Spirit inside of you relieving pressure and stress. So your neck is, is relaxed and free. Your spine is relaxed. Your back muscles are relaxed. You wake up fresh and new. Thank you for a fresh new strength in our lives this morning. Thank you, Lord, for fresh new strength in our bodies and minds for this week. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us 
or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.